Live from the studios of Jay Wolf Productions, Metal Maniacs around the globe unite. Prepare for Metal Mayhem ROC. This is the show where you, a metal musician, a metal maniac, or a new fan of the genre, can be interactive and participate in the show. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever Mark. Hello and welcome to another edition of Metal Mayhem ROC. Today, we talk with heavy metal comedian Jim Florentine. Jim will share with us some of his early metal shows, how he got into some early 70s metal from his older brothers. He gives us his Mount Rushmore of top bands. He shares with us a really cool metal confessions. And he goes backstage and tells us about that metal show with Eddie Trunk. All that and more as the Vernomatic and Metal Forever Mark bring you Metal Mayhem ROC. Look, man, it's always it's always good to talk metal. There's not a lot of us left. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're like you know, it's a little uh, you know. So whenever you you always gravitate towards the metalheads when you find them, because then you could just talk shop with them. Oh yeah. So first question I had for you is, what were your heavy metal influences early on? Like, what got you into metal? To My older brothers, they were like five years older than me when I was growing up. So I was maybe ten, eleven, twelve at the time. They were sixteen, seventeen. They were just they were into metal, so they were just bringing music home i was driving around in a car with them in the back seat and they were taking me to shows so i got into you know acdc black sabbath ted nugent aerosmith yeah even boston you know the cars stuff like that the doors the rolling stones so i i had no choice but to listen to it because i would just hang on my older brothers all the time and i'd share a room with them and they'd just be cranking ted double live gonzo mm-hmm. or you know sabbath and stuff like that so and then they were taking me to shows when i was a kid they convinced my parents ah let them come let them go to the show. We'll watch them. No problem. I was smoking weed at 12 years old, going to concerts. It was great. <laughs> well, we have an age difference. I'm 51. How old are you? 28. Okay. Right. Well, in a few nice. years, yeah. I was the same way. <laughs> no, no, no. My, my older brother's like four years old. Right. So there I am looking through his albums, picking up Farewell to Kings. I'm like, look at this fucking thing. Yeah. You put it on. And you, you get into it. It's so uh, yeah. So that's that's how it happened. Yeah. And you know, I saw ACDC with Bon Scott when I was a little kid. What was your first show? Uh, Black Sabbath Van Halen. Oh, the 78. Yeah, which Van Halen did not blow Sabbath off the stage. I was there. It's a myth. I asked Tony Aomi on that metal show if that was true, and he said no. Uh, where is he? Down in Jersey? Who? No, where Where? Where did you see it? What venue? Oh, uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that was like a rumor that was kind of... That was always a rumor, because first of all, people that. don't realize that if you research, the Van Halen record came out in like March of 78. By the time they played the Garden in August, and even that whole tour, yeah. they they were only playing "You Really Got Me" on the radio, mm-hmm. and it was the cover version of the King song. So that was the, and they weren't blowing up. They weren't, you know, yeah, they were good, but most of the people had no idea who you fucking know, Van were, Halen right, was. Right, right. Yeah. Maybe by August, the second single was out, "Running with the Devil," but it wasn't. They didn't blow up overnight. Yeah, it took a long time for that first record to really start hitting, and then they put Van Halen two right out after that, so they got the momentum. But they weren't. So the maybe the people in the audience knew maybe i don't know three thousand people had that van halen record and knew it and seventeen thousand knew one song yeah so they weren't blowing on oh my god i don't know what this i never heard any of this but this is amazing
So how did uh, you get, and again, I know we can, you know, we've researched this, but I think like myself, I didn't know, like, how did the whole, that metal show come together? How did you cook up with Don Jameson and Eddie Trunk? Like, how did that whole thing? On the road, we do front yeah. gigs on, so we're driving home, we're listening to Eddie playing Raven and Sax, and we're like, yeah, who the fuck yeah. is this guy? guy? Exactly. Holy yeah, shit, exactly. he likes the same shit that we do. Yeah. And then a month later, we meet him at a concert, and we say, hey, man, we're, we're big uh, fans of yours, and we're comedians. He goes, oh, man, I love having comedians come on my show. Oh, you guys were off on a Friday night, come up to my radio show, hang, mm-hmm. we'll talk metal, we'll talk music, fuck around. And then, you know, cut to six months later, he goes, I, I already work at BH1, I'm going to p- post a... I'm going to pitch a show, a heavy metal talk show, like oh, the Tonight Show. Oh, he was already at, at that point. Yeah, he was doing oh, some other interview show. Oh, yeah. He goes, I already got an in. I'm going to talk. I'm going to basically pitch a Tonight Show for ACDC fans, and I want you guys as co-hosts. Let's see what happens. And then we did a show, and yeah, it took off. From and then there. that was seven year run, eight year run. How many years? I don't know. 2008 to 2015, seven years, Incredible. 130 episodes. And the ratings were awesome, right? I mean, I yeah. think so. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't tell the talent because they don't want you to know if you got good ratings because then you're going to want more money. Right. right the right, producer right. did it one time because the ratings for Lars, Lars. It's like season five, the first yeah. episode or whatever they go, went through the roof and then he got scolded uh, by the VH1. Don't uh, ever tell a talent right. what the ratings are because they're going to want more money. We didn't care. As long as it was on the air and they kept showing the show over and over again, it gave us great exposure. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. With that metal show, dude, you, you got to see all of them, right? I mean guitarists, singers, bands, which ones stick out? Like just interviews you did or guys that you were like, man, this is so awesome. Well, Lemmy always coming on was great. Lemmy was not like, who was cool and who was a dick? No one was a dick. People always ask that question. They always want to know who was a dick. Yeah. I don't know why. People yeah. always ask that. Well, is there anyone maybe, a dick? Maybe once you're not fanboy and you're more on no, the bad side. No, but I mean, it's, cool. it's weird, though, and everyone always like, who's a dick? Everybody <laughs> wants to know that. Nobody wants to know. No, look, Eddie knew all these guys, basically. Right, right, yeah, he was right. in the radio business for 30 years or yeah, whatever at yeah, that he point. he pretty much almost got everybody, at, pretty much. Yeah, so yeah. no one was a dick because Eddie's already had a relationship with them, and they knew that, you know, if Dockham was coming out with a new record, he's not going on The Tonight Show to promote it, but it'll come on our yeah, show, right. and that will be like The Tonight Show for him. So no one, everyone knew, yeah, and they, you know, they were all, we didn't catch them in their twenties when they could have been dicks, 
You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, in their forties and fifties, they know it's a business, and we got to sell some shit, and we, you know, and this show is big for for metalheads. Yeah, they're not going to be dicks. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't. There was not one person that was a dick. Did you guys have any influence who you brought on? Well, you did, but um, yeah, I mean, we can make, we definitely make suggestions. Like we need to get this one on. They weren't sold on it because we they didn't know anything about metal. The people at the channel. So we'd have to basically tell them, no, we you need this guy on this guy. They always like, no, we need a we need a face like you know Brett Michaels. We need him on every week because people know him from Rock of Love. And if they change their channel, they go, oh, is that there's that guy from the dating show? I'm like, no, no, no. Let put, put Tony Omi there. To, I think when it was it Bill Ward that we had on or somebody yeah. from Sabbath. They, he just sat, he was old and he just sat there. I go, believe me. I go, it doesn't matter. People want to hear oh, what yeah. fucking Bill yeah. Ward wants oh, yeah. to say. Like, yeah. No one at home is going, God, the guy's not moving around. No, no, that's He's got to jump up in the air and do a karate kick. Like and then, when you had yeah. Yuli Roth on there. I'm right. Like, Come on. That's great. I know. I know. I'm like, <laughs> no, know. believe me. People, and then you have that's to- why me and Don cut down the comedy a lot. Like, they want us to be more like comedians on that. Go, look, man, if I'm at home, I don't want these fucking guys cracking you know, fucking taking too much time up doing like these comedy bits. When you got Steve Harris there, I want to hear what Steve Harris has to say. Yeah, sure. So I'm like, no, no, we're going to focus more on that. So some, a lot of the crowd didn't even know we're comics. I go, no, we are, but I just know what you guys like. As bands age out and they get older and they get replacement members, is that, does that become a watered down? Like people are saying now, like, oh, Judas Priest is almost more like a cover band now. Although there's three guys that have been there for a long time. But then you say like, you mentioned Bon Scott, ACDC. Well, nobody said anything that it wasn't ACDC when Brian Johnson came in. Many would say he made the band. So, I don't know. I think this idea that other performers can come in and make a band, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, well, the, well Brian Johnson, Bon died, so you couldn't go, right. well, oh, man, course. Bon wanted more money and he left the band. Yeah, and, you know, and you're like, fuck, I want Bon back. So, if he dies, someone dies in the band. Like, okay, well, I got no choice. When mm-hmm. Burton died, too, you're like, right. well, they need a new right. bass player. So. But when Blaze Bailey got leaves and Dickinson comes in, then that's a, that's a different scenario, clearly. Yeah. I mean, that didn't count, though, because that didn't, that didn't last. <laughs> Listen, that you got to realize, like, these guys get together in their early 20s. They're fucking out of control. Mm-hmm. They're idiots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they're, they they click because they're all just hanging out. They're sleeping on the floor. They're getting two hours of sleep. They're writing great songs. And then cut to 20 years later, the same people you guys hung out with at 22, you might... A lot of them you don't hang out when you're 42. Like, all right, this fucking guy's an asshole. Yeah, I, I can't hang out with him anymore. Like John, right? like Vermeck. You know what I mean? Like, there's some guys that you think about. Yeah. I go, yeah, I wouldn't hang out with that guy. No, yeah, I see him not. once in a while. Hey, man, what's up? But and then imagine being in a relationship yeah. with them 20 years later. Many have tried. Most have failed. Only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of Metal. We have a segment called Mount Rushmore of Metal, so we'll talk about bands, guitarists, singers, you know, whatever. So who's your in your Mount Rushmore of Metal? For you, bands. top four, yeah, what? just four, <laughs> top four metal bands, yeah. four, four metal bands, yeah, uh, Black probably. Sabbath, ACDC, Motorhead, and <sighs> it's tough, man. <laughs> it's yeah, four. I, 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 I could, I could throw except in there. Top four all time. Yeah, except? I could could nice. throw except in there. I could throw Rage Against the Machine in there. I love Rage Against the Machine. I could throw Slipknot in there. I love. I'm okay. a big Slipknot fan. So I don't know, man. The fourth one's tough. I'm going to throw Accept in there for the nice. fourth one. All right, cool. Udo Dirkstein is my favorite. The new guy, the singer from Well, Jersey. no, I'm just original. Except, I mean, Udo Dirkstein, yeah. to me, has yeah. the best heavy metal mm-hmm. voice of all time. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. Hard rock is Bon Scott. I like Bon Scott. I think has the best hard rock voice, and Udo has the best metal voice. Mm-hmm. 
This edition of Metal Mayhem ROC is brought to you by Mr. V's Street Style Vending. Visit our lunch cart in the College Town area at Strong Memorial Hospital or the weekend late night location at the corner of Monroe Avenue and South Goodman. Look us up online at mrvsvending.com for all catering prices and availability. That's Mr. V's Street Style Vending and Special Events Catering. Now, back to Metal Mayhem ROC. This is the Burnamatic, and we want to thank you for stopping in and checking in and listening to this, the best of edition of Metal Mayhem ROC. Again, we've been listening to Jim Florentine in the interview we had a chance to do with him last summer when he was in town for a comedy stop. We're going to end this episode with a segment we call Metal Confessions. And Jim has a great story that he's going to share with us. So on behalf of my co-partner, Metal Forever Mark, I'm John the Vernomatic Verno, and we'll talk to you next time on Metal Mayhem ROC. So when I would go, I'd go in town, this is before that metal show is on the air, so I'd go in town, I always have to do local radio. So I knew if there was a band in town, I would talk about them in the local morning show, and maybe they'd come out to the show, they would hear, hey man, some comedian was talking about you, that's how I try to lure them to my show. So I'm at the like the comedy club in Dallas, and the, the, it's a Saturday night, and the, the club owner goes, hey, all the, the guys from Pantera here. And I'm like, they are? He goes, yeah, they're sitting right in the front. There's like 12 <laughs> no of them. like, holy shit. He's like, yeah, they're here to see you. I'm like, holy fuck, it worked. Yeah, nice. So, you know, and then I look out there. I see all these cowboy hats. I see like 75 <laughs> drinks on the table. Yeah. Everyone's doing shots. Yeah. You know, yeah. fucking like, what the fuck is going and on? Know, I'm sure for like guy like you loving there's freaking Pantera. That's when you probably get nervous, right? You're like, of oh course. shit, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm like, forget, holy shit. forget the 200 people in the crowd. And they're sitting up front. And I know <laughs> like, Vinny and Dime like comedy because I, I know <laughs> that was the thing. Like uh, on their off days, they would go to the local comedy club. They yeah. love stand-up comedy. So I knew that about them. So they show up. It was Vinny, Dime, and uh, the, the new, da- you know, Phil obviously wasn't there. Yeah. And, it was, and the new Damage Man, Pat, was a singer mm-hmm. and uh, the yeah. bass player, I forget his name was. Whatever. And then it was Rita and everybody. Yeah. So. So, you know, I get up there, and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, hey, man, I got a guy from Pantera here, man. Give, give him a hand. I, you know, everyone in Texas loves them. They go crazy, and yeah. stand, they all stand up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Don goes, here, man, and he hands me a shot, uh, like Jaeger, <laughs> right? And I, I take the shot. I go, hey, I go, thanks, man, but I, I don't drink before the show. I'll drink it afterwards. And I put it on the stool on the stage, and the whole crowd starts booing me. Uh, I go, no, man, I don't drink before. And, and then Don pours another one. He goes, he hands me two shots. He goes, fuck that. You're doing a double, man. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> And then I just did two shots in a row. I'm like, oh, shit. No, bets are off. I'm like, all right, man, if I do these two shots, can I, I got to do my show, too. So I go, all right, fine, but you got to do them, too. And I did it, too. The place went nuts. Yeah, Dime Bank's saying you do shots, man. You exactly. Gotta, I don't turn it down. And then, and then afterwards, they had a limo outside because those guys were they, those guys bought a, an old limo, and they had one of their friends drive them around. They'd pay them, I don't know, like 250 bucks. On a night, so whenever they would, they would never drink and drive. They go, yeah. we just call him up. He was on call. He'd come out. We take the limo. We just go out drinking. So that was the thing. They were professionals. They, yeah. you know, they had Pedialyte in the limo to hydrate. You know really? what I mean? From drinking so much. Yeah, I was in there rider on the bus. <laughs> Pedialyte is that high. So before yeah. before you go to bed, you got to drink a lot of Pedialyte True. so you don't wake up hungover. Yeah, and, yeah. You know yeah. so. And yeah, so we go in the limo. He's like, "Are you? Want, I want to play the new record, the Damage Plan record." I'm like, "Yeah, Are you, dude. This is so. This is before it's even like, out. This yeah. is three months before it's out." And they're fucking cranking it in there. It sounds like a concert, and they're all fucking headbanging <laughs> and singing. I'm like, "Holy!" I mean, the other comic, the local comic, like, "Holy shit, this is unbelievable!" Yeah. We're hanging out with fucking these. 
And then he brings us to the strip club. Oh, okay. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, yeah, brings us to their strip I, club. I like, I'm in now. Like, yeah, he's like, come on, we're going to the strip club. Like, all right. And we're there till like six in the morning, yeah. fucking stumbling out of there. <laughs> and Dimebag brought me up like in a, like a, in the back room or whatever. We talked just metal for like an hour. You know, just talking. He's like, dude, man, when you're up on stage, man, it's all about the audience. He goes, it doesn't matter if there's five people there or fucking 90,000. Because they played the Moscow Peace Festival. He goes, oh, this f-. He goes we're going to do this new band. We don't know. We're going to play clubs. Still got to give it a... If there's yeah. five people, do two hours instead of an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always remember that. He goes, you got to give him a show no matter who shows up. Yeah. I've always been like that. Like, there's three people at the comedy club. Oh, man, I'll do it. You sure you want to do a show? I go, I'll do two hours. Because you make three in fans. Of, in front of, of three fans, people. Of so, yeah. And he yeah. was trying to call Zach Wilde. He goes, dude, man, I got this guy. You're going to fucking love me from Jersey. Wake up, motherfucker. It was like four in the morning. <laughs> do you know He's Zach awesome. at the time? No, I didn't know Zach at the time. This was before that metal show, so I didn't know. And that's he, when he was full born, full blown drinking. Oh yeah, and then, and then sober. So then, about a month later, I'm back in town doing a, doing a club again for some reason, and, and um, there's a birthday party for Dimebag at his house. We're just throwing for him. Uh-huh. I said, right, I got to do a show. I'll be over there after the show. So I do the show. I get there at like ten thirty. It's a party for Dimebag. It's his birthday. There's like 50 people there at the house. He's already passed out at 1030. <laughs> out cold. Oh, man. So, yeah, I'm like, all right. So I still went to the party. It was amazing. Vinny was there and everybody. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. And, I, and then I'm on the, going to the airport the next morning. It's like 730 a.m. My phone rings. I'm like, the fuck? I'm not picking this up. And it was Dimebag. He's like, Florentine, sorry, man. I passed out. 730 in the morning. I'm at a titty bar. If you're in town, fucking meet me there. <laughs> no. No, because I was getting on a plane. <laughs> oh, I was really? getting on a plane. Yeah. So I'm there about a T bar. Come yeah, on, I mean, yeah, yeah. No. We got to get out of yeah, it. Awesome. It's fucking great, Texas. man. Isn't it fun, yeah. though? But then you see how those guys really push it, man, right? Like, oh, yeah. Their lifestyle, just, like crazy stuff. Yeah, it was like, great. It was six gr- in the morning is nothing for them. Like, Not yeah, nothing. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone. Catch us next time on WLFE DB Radio. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.